much to the driver's relief, and turned to face me. This is it, John, he said breathlessly, sweeping his hair from his face. This is the day. I pressed the stop button and lowered the camera. Are you sure you're doing the right thing? He hesitated, using one hand to shield his face from the sunlight, then nodded. Yeah, the compass says so. Afraid to show my emotion to my best friend, I turned away from him and looked out over the other side of the flyover. Below us, in a tennis court, a perfectly synchronised group of old ladies stood on one leg as part of their morning Tai Chi class, like a well-groomed flock of grey-haired flamingos. My head turned slowly, pretending to be interested in the display, as we sped past one group and then another before they were replaced by another blinding skyscraper and I turned back. You'd better have this then, I said, reaching into my jacket pocket and pulling out the little mahogany box. The sunlight caught its brass corners and made them wink. Even though you can't remember who was number two, I'm going to let you have it. But don't open it until after. He took it from my palm and shook his head pensively. It's been a long time, John. Hmm. And a long way. To Sir William George Garthrick Jenner, he read from the gift label. From Lord John. I wasn't born with a title. No one from South East London ever has been. And he had never been knighted. As far as I'm aware, they don't knight ex-North Sea fishermen but we still have them and no one can take them away. Even though the rules that tell us whether we'll be a worker or a player are made before we are born, some of us learn to jump from one to the other. Nobody told me how to jump, but I'm going to tell you because I've learned and broken free, in the same way that the other man in that car did. There is no way of telling his story without telling my own, because they are the same. And if that sounds like a cliché, then so be it. I don't know how else to say it. We had come a long way. I don't know how many miles or countries I lost count. It all started when I went on a three-week holiday to India. That was four years ago. Rewind. Chapter 2 The Beginning Part 1 1 Beep, 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 beep This is London. By the time the BBC World Service intro had started its signature tune, I was already standing at the bedroom window with my camcorder, finger poised over the record button. I pulled aside one end of the dusty curtains and looked through the viewfinder, closing one eye and squinting the other against the bright early morning sunshine. It was still only one o'clock in the morning, Greenwich meantime, according to the man on the radio, which made it six o'clock in the morning, I reasoned, Indian time. I could have been wrong, I'd had virtually no sleep all night, but even through the electronically relayed phosphorus image in my camera, it looked like early morning outside. On the street beneath me, Indians were starting their day. 
I let my eyes wander down the road, from the two children directly beneath my third-floor window, who were mercilessly teasing a half-starved kitten, past the Sikh man meticulously polishing his rickshaw, to the point where the road curved out of sight. The narrow street looked like a perfectly formed concrete canyon, the brilliant blue sky a snaking band above the rooftops. This is Goa, I mumbled. Dum-de-dum-de-dum-de-dum. What are you doing, John? It's so early. I didn't look around, instead ruffling the curtains and sending a small fog of dust into the air, making me gag and cough slightly. My girlfriend sighed again, more tiresomely this time. Opening my eyes and looking across at her briefly, and then over to the corner of the room, I studied my surfboard, tucked into its protective travel bag. The words, fragile, top load only, written on a label and stuck onto the bag.